Welcome to Inside Pediatrics, a podcast brought to you by Children's Hospital of Alabama in Birmingham. I'm Tiffany Kazaroski, and today our guest is Dr. Jan Rao, who leads the CBIT Clinic at Children's, and that stands for Comprehensive Behavioral Intervention for Ticks. She is a doctor of occupational therapy and was the first OT in the country to coordinate a CBIT program back in 2010. And Dr. Rao now trains OTs all over the U.S. to work with children who have Tourette's syndrome and tick disorders. Welcome, Dr. Rao. Thank you. So, Jan, you have personal experience with ticks. Yes. So, I have eye ticks and mouth ticks that I do. And I use the exact same strategies that I teach kids in clinic every day um, to manage my ticks. I don't have to manage them every day, but if I haven't slept well or if I'm under a lot of stress or um, excited about something, then I tend to tick more and have to use my exercises. And I I think that that helps a lot of times in clinic because it puts parents at ease to see um, me across the table. As an adult. Exactly. As an adult who um, has ticks currently. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, it hasn't interrupted my life or my ambitions. It's not one of those things that you have to have a disorder to be empathetic or to be able to work with someone. But I I think it does help alleviate some fears for parents. Absolutely. And I would think one of the biggest fears as a parent would be, you know, when they hear Tourette, they think of cussing. Yes. Is that common, the cussing tick? It's not. It's actually, it's called coprolalia, and it occurs actually less than 10% of the time. Okay. So it's one of the more infrequent ticks, but it's the one that gets all the media attention, and it's the one that people know about. So it's the one that is always kind of in the back of um, parents' heads. But it's, you know, a tick is a tick is a tick. So it doesn't matter if it's a cussing tick, if it's flipping the bird, if it's a shoulder shrug or an eye blinking tick, we treat all ticks the same. And we try to tell the child that, you know, look, this is a tick. You're not doing it on purpose. You're not going to get in trouble for this. Let's just learn how to manage it. Let's talk about ticks versus Tourette's syndrome. What is the difference? Okay, so um, tick disorders are the broad umbrella of which Tourette's syndrome falls under. Okay. I guess in the broader sense, though, the, the real difference is that tick disorders are primarily just the ticks themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Tourette's syndrome is... As it says, it's a syndrome, and so there are many, many diagnoses that can accompany um, the tick disorder or the Tourette syndrome as well. So usually what brings the kids to our clinic is are the ticks because mm-hmm. they're bothersome, and mm-hmm. the child doesn't like having the ticks. Maybe they're being made fun of or they're being mocked, um, or possibly they're even causing them physical pain. Um, but once we teach the child how to manage the ticks, then mm-hmm. it's all the other stuff below the surface that typically is the more problematic and, and for both the child and the family and those things that are going to be more lifelong. Sure. So if it's a diagnosis of ADD or ADHD or OCD or anxiety, um, those are just the more frequent coexisting conditions right. that occur. Now, I remember when we were at the um, American Academy of Pediatrics, their national conference in Chicago recently, one of the pediatricians who specializes in treating children with ADD and ADHD was saying that sometimes children who are on the medications for those disorders will tick, will start ticking. Correct. And so then the parents become worried about that, and they want to pull them back and take them off of the ADHD medication. Exactly. 
Um, and what we know from the literature and from the science is that the the stimulant medication doesn't cause the tick. Um, mm-hmm. It may sort of uncover the tick, if you will. But if left alone and on the medication to adjust, the ticks mm-hmm. will settle. Um, but as soon as the parents see that the child ticking, either for the first time that they've realized mm-hmm. or possibly an exacerbation of ticks that have been that they've noticed over the years, but haven't really been a big deal. And now they are, they immediately relate that to the, um, the co-occurrence of taking the medication and want to take the child off of it. Okay. And then that can lead to a whole host of other issues if they're not focused and then they're getting in trouble at school, having behavioral, so they need to stay on that medication. Absolutely. In fact, if I see that child in the clinic to, to address the tics and their ADD or ADHD is so out of control that they, they can't even concentrate long enough to use the strategies I'm Mm -hmm. teaching them, then it's time for me to have the conversation with parents that we first need to treat the ADD gotcha, and then come back and let me work with them on the ticks. Okay. Okay. You did mention some of the social aspects. I mean, I was watching a video. These kids sometimes are exhausted. Mm-hmm. They have a hard time getting through the day and they can end up with depression, feeling yes. isolated because they have something that stands out and that a lot of other kids don't have. Right. And so how do you address that part, the social? Is it just that by addressing the tick, it ends up helping out with, with the social aspects? Oftentimes that that's exactly what happens. You know, sometimes the kid is not bothered by the ticks at all. It's all the other stuff that goes with having a tick that right. bothers them, like being ostracized by peers mm-hmm. or, um, you know, being physically exhausted. Or I mentioned earlier that sometimes ticks actually cause physical pain. So the only reason that a child really wants to work on the tick is simply to get rid of the pain that it causes. Right. Um, the parent, on the other hand, is, you know, thinking about, I don't want my child to have a, Tourette syndrome, but I also don't want them to be bullied. I don't want them to to miss opportunities in life because they have Tourette syndrome or tick disorder. Mm -hmm. And if you have a child that is um, in school and trying to suppress their tics and that all they're thinking about all day is, please don't let me tick. Because it's like an itch that they have to scratch. Absolutely. There's a building sensation inside Mm -hmm. the body and brain, and Mm -hmm. they feel like it just continues to build until they express the tick. And if they're trying not to do that, then obviously they're not focusing, they're not listening, and not because they're being willful or, you know, a bad kid. Right. They just, they can't. You know, there's only so much multitasking a child can do. Right. Okay, so you're on faculty at UAB. You're teaching occupational therapy. How did CBIT enter the OT realm, if you will? It's a good question. Um, I got a call back in 2009 from Dr. Leon Durr, who is the pediatric neurologist here at Children's. He um, oversees the Movement Disorders Clinic. And so he called me and said, hey, there's this new therapy for kids with tick disorders and Tourette syndrome. Why don't you get trained and we'll start a program? Mm -hmm. So I did. We contacted the Tourette Association and they sent uh, Dr. Doug Woods and trained uh, five of us. What we found is that OTs actually are a very good fit for this work. First of all, I think because we really understand just the occupations of children and how any you know, um, problem or, or disturbance can interfere with them participating and engaging in those occupations. Right. Um, but also because we we pay a lot of attention to the environment and we do a lot of modification as occupational therapists Already. to the environment. Exactly. Right. Right. So it's just kind of in our wheelhouse of, of things that we do and have done. 
And the other benefit for us is that, you know, for a pediatric occupational therapist, you you have years of working with these kids that have all the underlying coexisting conditions. Right. So the ADD, the ADHD, the OCD, the anxiety, the dysgraphia, all of those things, again, are not new to us. Not only are we teaching the kids how to manage their tics, but we're also addressing all those other issues that they have, if they have them. Sure. Um, which, and that's very unique to our CBIT program. Not all CBIT programs do that. Let's get into the nitty gritty mm-hmm. of what you're teaching these kids, because it's it's totally fascinating to to see the results. I'm sure from the beginning yes. session, then to you know eight sessions later. In the last probably two years, I I can probably count the number of kids, uh, and I would say it's less than a dozen, that I've actually taken through the full eight sessions. They are very motivated, and I, I'm very lucky to have Dr. Durr as, as one of my primary uh, referral systems because he does all the triage work for me. Mm-hmm. So he asks those important questions like, is your child bothered by their tics? Right. Um, does your child even know they're ticking? And if the answer to those questions is yes, then they're a great referral for me. And so you're basically teaching them that when they feel that itch coming on, when they feel that tick coming Mm -hmm. on, to do something else, a competing response is what it's called. the terminology. That's great. So there's there's that itch or that urge. It's called a premonitory urge. And that can be something very specific, like I feel pressure behind my right eyeball. Mm -hmm. Okay, and maybe that's why they blink. Or it can be something very diffuse and vague. So, for instance, a kid that has a um, a throat clearing tick, maybe they don't feel anything in their throat, but they get uh, sort of a, a sense of anxiety or butterflies in their chest. Okay, and then they do the tick. So there's the urge, the tick, and then you literally feel relief. Your brain and body feels a sense of relief. And it's the relief that continues that cycle. If there's any magic about the program, it's the timing. If we can get that kid that has the premonitory urge, they know when the tick is coming, we can have them do the competing response, and I'll go into that in just a minute, right then, as soon as they feel the urge, then basically they're interrupting that tick cycle. Mm-hmm. And that's the kid that within literally within 48 hours, we can exhaust a tick or minimize it to the point that they're no longer bothered by it. And I can yeah. imagine that's such a relief for them. Oh my they gosh. must feel a sense yes. of confidence Absolutely. that they can control the tick and the tick doesn't control them. Tell us about the Tourette Association's Center of Excellence distinction that Children's and UAB recently received. So we are one of five institutions in the Southeastern Regional Center of Excellence. Very good. And so what does that mean? Do we all, you know, basically use the same type of protocol to treat tick disorders or are we meeting on a regular basis? Well, our center, that's exactly what it means. It lends itself nicely for studies, but also just for the collaboration of work so that we are more informed um, about, you know, what we're all seeing. Basically, there's three premises for all the centers of excellence that was set up by the Tourette Association. And that's um, service, research, and community outreach. So that's the mission of any center of excellence, but the way that we all carry that out might look a little different. Where can people go if they would like more information about our program or others like it? We have a website. It's childrensal.org slash CBIT. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate you being with us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Inside Pediatrics. More podcasts like this one can be found at childrensal.org forward slash inside pediatrics.